You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 179. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. In this episode, we will be getting to a mailbag. We'll get to some of your questions. Uh, I'll have some trade scenario questions uh, for Brandon. And we'll talk about the Eagles' most recent press conference, their pre-draft press conference, in which Howie Roseman, Andy Wydell, and Nick Sirianni spoke to Eagles Media. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, I'm so excited to be here with you today. <laughs> I just shook my microphone. Doing my little Nick Sirianni impression there. Blasted uh, out my eardrums, too. Yeah, sorry. Probably the, the <laughs> podcast listeners, too. I just wanted to throw a surprise in there for you. Jimmy, I feel like we should play a game of rock, paper, scissors right now. This is going to be interesting for nobody because they don't have the visual for this, but let's do it. Rock. All right. Oh, no, no, no. no. Hold on. Let me, let, me, let me get into your head real quick. Okay. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, I mean, I'm showing my competitiveness here. Uh-huh. All right, I got, yeah. I got it. I know, I know what you're gonna All throw. Right. Ready? Rock, <laughs> rock, papers, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Boom! I mean, a, all right, yeah. There's a, everyone who didn't see. There's a delay. Uh, Jimmy was behind. I threw paper, uh, and he threw scissors after I threw paper. So I uh, did not knew, throw scissors after paper. I was at the same time. He 100 percent threw did, it after. I saw oh, my mother. I did not see that you threw paper first. Okay. Anyway, um, all right. That was like just a really ridiculous intro. But Jimmy, before we get into the the meat and potatoes of the podcast here, obviously BGN Radio brought to you by Right to Sell on Craft Jerky. You can go to Right to Sell on dot com. Use discount code BGN fifteen for discount on meat snacks, non meat snacks. A lot of things they have at Right to Sell on dot com. You can go check that out. You can also go to WildNaturePet dot com. Get yourself, or not really, get your, your pet some snacks for them as well. So you have your own snacks from RightToSellin.com. Pet gets their snacks from WildNaturePet.com. Same discount code, BGN15 for 15% off. Charlie enjoys them, for sure. Yes. Uh, all right, so let's get to the press conference. What was your biggest takeaway of the uh, Eagles presser? Besides Nick Sirianni's energy, and uh, which is just, you know, continues to be apparent. And... Uh, I think that's fine, by the way. I, I want to say that, and I think we've talked about this before, but like, I don't, I don't think he's faking it, which is important. You know, I think he's being genuine. I think that's really just who he is. It's kind of nice to see, as I've said, for a team that doesn't have like a lot of juice going for it. It's kind of nice that like the head coach is like bringing some energy here to the table. Um, I think the people who don't really seem to be on board with Nick Sirianni, Jimmy, are being jaded by the rest of the Eagles front office, which right. is understandable. And I think like fair and to an extent of like i get why you would be skeptical of a guy they hired but if you're evaluating nick sirianni on his own merit i think that would be unfair if you're just letting you know your perception of howie roseman and jeff Lurie totally color how you feel about him so uh that aside though to me the biggest thing was the jalen hurts uh non-answer when jeff mclean pressed howie roseman and then that parlayed into a question for nick sirianni you know is jalen hurts the starting quarterback for this team it wouldn't even say Jalen Hurts' name. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to start for the team this year, to be clear. I don't think it's like Joe Flacco is going to be coming in here and you know splitting first-team reps necessarily with Jalen Hurts. I think Hurts is the most likely candidate to start with the Eagles this year, to be clear. 
And it's not like the Eagles have to come out and say Jalen Hurts is the starter definitively. I get the idea of competition, air quotes, and I get the also the idea of the Eagles potentially wanting teams to like think there's at least like a one percent mm. chance they might draft a quarterback. Yeah. So they try to trade up ahead of him, but still, like they could have said something about Jalen Hurts. Like they could have been like, you know, we saw some things last year, or they could have said anything. Like they it, it just it would have been very easy to say like literally anything nice about him or even mention his name, and they just didn't. And I thought that was kind of weird. What about you? What are your yeah? So I'll just read uh, Nick Sirianni's answer to Jeff McClain was the one who answered who asked that question. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. But uh, to name any starters at this particular time, we've been working with these guys for two days, right? We've been working with these guys for two days. <laughs> my biggest thing is competition. Again, we've talked a little bit about my core values. It's my second core value. It's this team's second core value. Competition is a huge thing. We're going to have competition at every position. So, like, you know, is Jason Kelsey worried about his starting job? Like, it's like if they uh, somebody asked... I mean, a ridiculous question would be to ask, is Jason Kelsey your starting center? Because obviously he is. And they would say, yeah, of course he is. You know what I mean? So, like, let's not be – I mean, the, the answer – and I understand, like, if you don't want to name him the starter, and as you mentioned, like, if you don't want to, you know, totally give away the idea that you're not going to take a quarterback, like, I think it's fine. Like, you don't have to name him the starter right now. I get it. Like, it's totally mm-hmm. fine. And then also, like – I think you got to kind of keep your options open. So, like, what if they did actually draft a quarterback and they did want to have some kind of competition? Then they're already kind of pinned down by saying, like, he's the quarterback, and then you're really screwing with his head by saying he's the quarterback, and then, oh, by the way, maybe you're not. And I, I agree with you completely. Like, it's not like in Joe Flacco in any way is going to win the starting competition. Like, it's not like he's going to win the starting job in, like, like unless something totally weird happened, like if there was an injury or some other extremely weird circumstance. Like, there's no way that Joe Flacco is going to start uh, over Jalen Hurts. It's not going to happen. So, like, I don't know. Just the idea that they wouldn't name him. And, like, the point that you make where they just didn't even say anything about him. Like, it's reminiscent, like, last year where Joe Judge got wrecked all offseason because they wouldn't even say Daniel Jones' name. They wouldn't even say his name. Uh, for like months and they kept asking like they kept asking questions over and over and over about him and they just wouldn't say his name so like there's a little bit of that going on here maybe but I think uh, very clearly I mean what, what what would you say is the percentage chance that Jalen Hurts starts week one barring injury it's like 90 percent at, like, like, like at least I think that's yeah. like the absolute minimum right I, I think I'm accounting for they draft someone I'm accounting for yeah Injury. Uh, well, or, barring injury. Okay. Well, or a scenario where like Hertz just like totally looks terrible in camp. Like just like he can't start him. Like he just like he looks like a total train wreck disaster. Like he comes in overweight, you know, which I don't think is likely. But I'm just saying <laughs> right. like, the disaster scenario, if you're counting for that, and the scenario where it's better than a 0% chance that they like trade for Deshaun Watson or something. Right. Yeah. So we're on the same page there. But like I, I get why they wouldn't name him. But as you said, like at least say a few nice things about the guy. You know, it's weird that yeah. they didn't. It's weird. So that that was it. I just thought it was a little like strange, and I th- I think it speaks to their lack of commitment to him. You know, like long term, like they clearly aren't like all in on this guy, and I don't think that's a surprising development for many. But this is worth noting. Um, what other takeaways did you have? Well, it was a kind of a week pre-draft press. Like normally, the, those go on for like an hour or so. Normally, we have those just for the for the listeners. We'll have those in the upstairs. Uh, area of the Eagles, uh, uh, the, the the press house at the Novacare complex. And we get to sit down with them for like an hour or so. 
And I think this one only lasted like 35 minutes or something like that. So it was, it was, it was over as quickly as it began. We, we didn't get into as much like the draft minutia as we normally would in that kind of setting. And there are still some leftover questions from, you know, just sort of like the disaster that, that the front office has been this all off season. And of course the reporting that has come out about the dysfunction in the organization, whether that be from the Jeff McClain piece earlier this off season or the most recent, uh, you know, piece from Bo Shiel and Zach uh, at, at the athletic. So um, yeah, it wasn't as helpful draft wise as it has been in the past, which is kind of weird considering they were sitting at the sixth overall pick and, you know, now they're still sitting at 12 and they have 11 picks. So like, it was a little disappointing not to be able to get into a lot more of the nitty gritty. So I didn't have too many takeaways. The one thing that I thought, like the one good question that I thought came from uh, Chris Franklin from uh, NJ.com, who said, who asked about like the X position, the, the X receiver position and, you know, what they see there. And Nick Sirianni, I thought gave a good answer on that in that uh, he noted like a lot of different um, body types that he's, you know, been with. Uh, that have been X receivers, like you know, to T.Y. Hilton, who I think he said is like 5'9", 180. By the way, that's the exact measurements of Jalen Waddell. And he was the X receiver in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, he had he worked with Dwayne Bowe, who was like 6'2", 220. And he mentioned a few other guys, just like different body types. And then he mentioned other X receivers around the league, like Odell Beckham, who is, you know, kind of like a skinnier guy. Julio Jones is more of your classic X receiver. And his answer was basically like, an X receiver to me is a guy that can get open versus one-on-one coverage and can make plays. So like to him, it's not necessarily that that they're looking for any specific body type, uh, any specific, uh, you know, trait or skill set. It's just, can you get open against man-to-man coverage and make plays? And I think that's a little simplistic, but I think for the Eagles purposes and how bad their wide receiver position is and how unsettled that spot is, I think that you know, just finding anyone that can that can get open and make plays is is sort of the right play. Draft Devonte Smith, in my opinion, wrote about that for BleedingYourNation.com this morning, Jimmy. So everyone, go read that and then agree with me. And then, so I led the post with. Uh, do you watch The Office, Jimmy? I don't know. Of course, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, I know some people weren't. Um, I led the post off with uh, the you know uh, Michael Scott once asked Dwight Schrute like what was the most inspiring thing I've ever said? And Dwight said, don't be an idiot. It changed my life. So my plea <laughs> to the Eagles is to please follow that advice. Uh, what else Good do you advice. have, Jimmy? Yeah. Well, uh, did you have any Did you have any more takeaways from the uh, press conference? Um, I think there was like the Devontae Smith thing in there in terms of people like kind of were reading that answer. And I think what even how he said too about like body type, and that mm. wasn't necessarily disqualifying. And I would hope that would be true. <laughs> um, uh, there was nothing else too big other than I guess like the theme of the presser just seemed to they tried to put on like a united front i felt like like in light of the report the reporting that's come out like they seem to like try to be they on the same say page. collaboration over and over again and words like collaboration which mm-hmm. was a big theme in the athletic piece and that collaboration was sort of an idea that they put out there but they didn't actually put into practice and they were all in one room i don't know you know if that <laughs> i i feel like that is something like because like they could have done those in different rooms yes. and have been, you know been all in one screen but they're like all at one table together i just i think that kind of united front. into it too what's that a united front yeah united front so you know i think that's all part of it so what else do we have Jimmy? well going further on that x receiver position like you look at the top three receivers in this draft and you have jamar chase who like that guy's like a classic like x receiver 
in terms of like what his body body type and his skill set is. So people think of him that way. And then like Jalen Waddle, like I mentioned before, he has the same dimensions that Sirianni mentioned from T. Y. Hilton. He's five nine, one eighty, but he's clearly like more of like a Z receiver. He's a guy that you want to have lined up off the line of scrimmage. You can put him in motion. You can uh, scheme all different ways that to get him open and not have to face a jam at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then you have a guy like Devontae Smith, who I guess like when you look at him as the, what his style is as a receiver, like that guy has the mentality of like an X receiver, but alpha, but the, yeah, alpha receiver. Like, I mean, he's a guy that like, by the way, do you see the uh, getting off, getting off uh, track here? Do you see the, the thing that Ben Fennel posted? Where, uh, where like you know, there's football IQ, and then like there's this of Devontae Smith. Did you, did you happen to notice that? Maybe, but I okay. Don't so know it was exactly a pl- what you're referencing. Alabama lined up. It was just a quick video. Alabama lined up, and oh, it's a video. He was Devontae Smith was on the far left side. It was trips left, and he was on the far left side of the formation, up on the line of scrimmage, and the tight end on the opposite line of the scrimmage was uh, back. He, he wasn't he wasn't up on the line of scrimmage, so it was an illegal formation. Devontae Smith, like, noticed that, and he's, like, waving to the quarterback and to the tight end, like, move up to the line of scrimmage. They saw it, they, they got set, and then they ran the play. So, But he was, like, totally on the other side of the formation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've talked before about how he is, you know, just like a dog and, like, the way that he... He, play, he like, wants to win. Yeah, right. And and he's a really smart guy. Like, you hear him in, in uh, interviews, and he's maybe a little bit boring in interviews, but he's smart. Like, he, he knows what he's, he's doing. He's locked in. Yeah, That's it, hard, but yes. he's locked in. Yes. So, like, uh, I, I love his mentality, and I think his mentality fits that, like, X receiver position. But the weight, like, it is concerning. Like, he, he originally said, like, <laughs> Brandon shaking his head. Shaking no. my head. No. He was, he was, he was originally, I guess he said earlier in the offseason, he's 170 pounds. He actually weighed in like this past week at 166. Like 166 is really light, obviously. So if he's going to play that X position, like if Jalen Rager is going to be your Z and you draft Devontae Smith, like you can put him in the slot when you're in like, you know, 11 personnel. But if you're not in 11 personnel, you're not taking him off the field if you draft him at 12th overall. So he's going to have to probably play up on the line of scrimmage. So, I think there is some concern in that, you know, he's going to have a tough time sometimes against these NFL corners that are really good at jamming receivers at the line. Like, he played against really good SEC corners, but, like, you know, not like guys in the NFL. So that'll be the challenge for him. But I'm with you in that he does, like, have that mentality and, like, and he wants to win and he thinks he will win. B-W-E, Jimmy. Big winner energy. He has it. I want to I save Smith for uh, – we're going to do another podcast. This isn't our final pod, BGN Radio podcast before the draft. We're doing another one coming out, I believe, on Tuesday next week, which will be our seven-round mock drafts from both Jimmy and myself. Um, and spoiler alert, I think you know who my first-round pick is going to be, and I want to <laughs> kind of get more into it then. Um, <clears throat> the one last thing I wanted to say about the press conference, how he was not asked about something that happened earlier this week that I'm sure he saw. I'm sure that you saw it, Jimmy. Cause I think everyone saw it. And that was a bunch of fire Howie chants at a Phillies game oh. earlier this week. <laughs> right. And I think that's not an irrelevant moment. I don't think that's just rowdy, you know, fans that I don't think that's a one-off thing to me. When I saw that, I'm like, this team is not necessarily ready for what the link is going to be like this year. And also, they were spared last year by not having yes, you know, big fame, time. Like, because it's going to get ugly. And if they if they get off to a rough start, like, I mean, like, just go to any tweet. We've mentioned this before. Like, go to any tweet right now that the official Eagles Twitter account tweets, 
and just the responses are fire howie fire how like he's under fire <laughs> he, there, there is a lot of heat on him yeah like um I think I think it won't compare to what it would have been last year because at least they're heading into this season with expectations that they're not going to be good. But last year, heading like heading into that season, like the expectations were for many people that you know they're going to win the division and they're possibly going to compete for a Super Bowl. So <laughs> they go four eleven and one, and I think they actually were lucky to win four games. So like yeah. I, th- I think they, they actually played they, they played worse than what their four eleven and one record would indicate. I think it would have just been bedlam, like especially in the like that tank game at the end of the year last year. Oh my god! Like they would have gotten just destroyed throughout the entirety of that game. So. Uh, yeah, I think they they you're you make a big point there in that like they avoided all that, but uh, that's coming this year. It's not going to mm-hmm. be as again. It's not going to be as bad as it would have been last year. But it's I don't still, know, Jimmy. It's still going to be pretty bad if they if if they're as bad as we expect them to be. Yeah, I just I I think they I don't think they know that too. Like, I don't think they fully understand the full extent of that. And you're going to get like won't. full stadium fire howie chance. Yeah, like that again. If they get off to a bad start, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll get off to a good one. I don't know. But we're you know we're expecting things could get rough, and it's just man, uh, and that's why it's like so crazy. Not that you have to always do what the fans say, but like it's just kind of crazy, like the disconnect between like Howie or sorry Lurie kind of like acting like Howie's impeachable in his end of the year press conference, and the fans like calling for his right. job a couple years after a Super Bowl. Like it's just there's a big disconnect there, and. <clears throat> I yeah, just that, think the team that, that Phillies uh, like sorry to cut you off that that Phillies video that you posted like it wasn't just like you could hear like one guy like it was definitely like a, a solid group of people that were that were, that were chanting that so like like it was and it was it was loud and clear during that game so uh, you actually wrote an article about that too didn't you how did that do yeah oh pretty good yeah that that picked up the tweet <laughs> everything that picked up. Quite a bit. You'll get some good SEO on that by people just Googling Fire Howie. Fire Howie. Yeah, that was the first. <laughs> um, all right. What else do we got? All right, do so we want to take a break here? And yeah, then we can take a break here, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start with the, uh, with the mailbag on the other side. All right. So before we go to break, Jimmy, let me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the premier meat jerky snack that you need in your life. Just go to RighteousFelon.com. You can find out all the information there. Uh, High-quality meat snacks. The Philadelphia Eagles eat these snacks, uh, obviously not eating enough of them to be good. If they had more, they would be even better. So get some meat snacks in your life by going to RightToSellin.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. We hear from listeners a lot who like these. So if you want to be part of that, try it out. Also, WildNaturePet.com. I know a lot of you people probably have dogs. Why not do something great for your dog, your loyal companion? Uh, and get a high quality pet snack like these are some of i think the best snacks you can get in terms of you know good ingredients and everything high quality um a a brand you can trust wildnaturepet.com use discount code bgn or bgn15 just like grace is selling bgn15 for 15 percent off at checkout jimmy back after this back here on bgn radio 179 jimmy what do we got so I asked for questions on Twitter uh, prior to recording this podcast. It was only like 15, 20 minutes beforehand. So thank you for getting questions in quickly uh, to my Twitter followers. Uh, so I'm going to ask the question. We'll give Brandon the first crack at it, but we'll discuss them. Uh, or maybe we'll take turns going first. So anyway, a uh, question from nwiley529, at nwiley529 it is. What is the best case scenario for the draft? 
they stay at the pick, they trade up, or they trade back? I would say stay at 12 and draft Devontae Smith. Okay. I mean, you've already covered that, so we won't go too further on that. I would agree. So, like, even if it's not Devontae Smith, like, I think Jalen Waddell will be a home run pick. I think if Patrick Sertan is there, that's fine. If I don't think he will be. If J.C. Horn is there, that's fine. So if you get one of those four players, and of course Jamar Chase, but we're not expecting that to happen. But mm-hmm. if you get one of the, you know, if you get one of those receivers or one of those cornerbacks, then I think that's the ideal scenario. Uh, if you have to settle for an offensive lineman, I don't think that's great, and I think people will be really pissed about that. Uh, but I think that's sort of the worst case scenario. Actually, we'll get to that. Actually, that's the next question. So next question. Uh, for a question from LS2TS. What hmm. do you see as a nightmare scenario for the birds on draft night? You can go first on this one again. Quitty pay. Okay. I, like, this is a guy who, like, I just don't see the production there in terms of sacks that you feel great about. Uh, he turns like 23 or will be 23. So he's like kind of on the older side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, Derek Burnett, younger, a lot of upside. 23 years old for, for a pick that high. He's also has like one forced fumble in his career at Michigan. Like mm-hmm. I need more than that. Like if we're talking about defensive end at 12 here. So I feel like that's the worst case scenario for me. Um, I I don't actually hate the scenario. I think that a lot of people did when they looked at uh, like Peter Schrager's mock draft this week. Um, now I think he had them trading down and the Patriots took like Devontae Smith at 12. I would hate that, but let's say the Patriots traded up to like take Mac Jones, mm-hmm. let's say at 12 and you move three picks back and then you got like Slater or Elijah Vera Tucker and you got some nice picks, you know, for moving back three spots. I'm actually kind of more okay with that. Um, but I want Smith. I think wide receiver is the way to go. I've said it a billion times to me. It's like, I think it's their best chance of finally getting that position right Cornerback, I think cover two corners aren't really necessarily worth a premium pick. And I think Horn and Sertan are not like must-have players. Just when you look at like the lack of ball production, mm-hmm. these aren't like can't-miss kind of guys. Uh, offensive line, I just feel like Jeff Stetlin has to be able to do more with less. Like I just don't love spending that resource there. But I think defensive line could be worst of all. Because there's, there's just like no even consensus guy. I think making that pick, a defensive lineman at number 12, is saying like, well, we know better than everyone else. And this is the <laughs> right. guy. And that, like, this front office should not be And they don't, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. So I would agree with your answer. But I'll, I'll add another scenario that I think is bad. I think if they trade up for literally anybody other than Jamar Chase, I'm out. Like, I'm, just, mm. I'm just not in on that. Maybe you can make an argument for Kyle Pitts, but for me, if they trade up for anyone and the cost is not going to be low, no matter who they trade up for, if they were to trade up, anyone other than Jamar Chase, I think that's uh, a terrible scenario for the Eagles. What if it's only like up to nine and it costs you, because this is what the trade says on the draft pick value chart, which might not be, you know, the realistic real life value, but if you just look at that, like you can move up from 12 to nine for like, in theory, like a late third. Like all right, so they give up like so. Let's say they have to give up their first third round pick, like the seventieth overall. I still don't like it. <laughs> like I still okay. don't think they should do that because I think the player that that you get at nine, the, the difference between that player and who you're going to get at twelve, it's just not a substantial difference. So you just sit there mm-hmm. in twelve and just take the guy, that, like just take a good player there anyway. I think the Cowboys could trade down. I think that's the thing you'd be, you might be worried about. Or if you really want a corner, which I don't like a trade up for a corner, you'd be worried. You know they're going to take one there. But uh, I don't want to trade up in general, like unless it's just like a you know a no brainer, like the the cost is like less than expected and it's just a good value. But yeah, all right. See, I think if you want a receiver, like I I you know gone through like the 
uh, once you, once they get past seven, and I won't go through all this again, but the the teams picking at eight, nine, ten, and eleven, none of them need receivers. But then also like the teams after them, after the Eagles, they don't need receivers ever because you have the Chargers there at fourteen, and I'm sorry at thirteen, and then you have the Vikings at fourteen. Now you have like the example that Schrager gave where the Patriots move up to the Eagles spot and they take a receiver, but of course they'd have to trade up ahead of the Eagles to get a receiver. Nobody's going to trade up that far. <laughs> for there's like been, for the third bu- for the third available receiver, right? There's been buzz the Cardinals want to move up to for a receiver? receiver. Yeah, why they have? I don't know. DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. I mean, I don't know if Larry Fitz is coming back or not. Did, did he sign back with them or not? I don't, I don't know if he did yet, but there's been buzz about it. So, and I just feel like Dallas could like screw uh, screw the Eagles by trading down. Has there. it been buzz for a receiver or for Pitts? I think receiver. Okay. Like I think it. I think people are thinking it might be Smith. Okay. All right. Next question. Uh, this is from Songbird Rescue Cat. Uh, Long time listener. If you were the Eagles GM sitting at six, uh, and okay, sorry, and you can have a non-quarterback uh, available to pick, do you take the Miami deal to move down to twelve? So I think what he's saying there is, um, if you're the Eagles GM sitting at six, and you have a non-quarterback player available to pick, do you like? I think he's saying like, you can have your choice of any non-quarterback. So you have your pick of the letter. From any so let's quarterback. assume quarterbacks are going one through five, basically. Right, right. But like, right. So let's say you're like, you take your favorite non-quarterback. Would you still move down from six to 12? I would not. I would stay there, probably pick Jamar Chase. I think getting blue chip talent is really important. And I like the idea of the first round picks. What is, how we say flexibility creates opportunity. I actually think that's there's truth to that. It kind of reminds me of the Sam Hinkie's optionality line. But I think more than anything, uh, well, more than anything, this team needs a franchise quarterback. So I get that. But they also need blue chip talent. And I don't think trading down was the only way for them to necessarily maximize picks and find a new quarterback. Um, so it's tough. It's like it's a close decision. But I think I would just stay and take Chase. What about you? Yeah, it's tough. I, I'm leaning toward moving back and mm-hmm. taking that and still getting that first round pick. But if there were a player that I would turn that deal down for, it would be Chase. Now, like, but the way the Eagles did it, like, I think they're fine doing it now under the assumption that Chase won't be there at six. So I'm fine with that. And like, it was obviously only on the table, like right now, like Miami wouldn't have made that deal with San Francisco. It appears with, mm-hmm. um, without being able to move back up from, uh, you know, when they moved 12. down from three to 12, they, it, it was dependent on them also being able to move up from 12 to six. So in the Eagles case, I think they're fine making that deal, but if there were a player that I would not do that, I would not make that deal for, it would also be chase. All right. Next question. Uh, this is from at Jason lost his J. Uh, what if a bunch? Aeson. What's that? It'd be Aeson then. If Jason lost his J, <laughs> it's true. What if a bunch of teams are turned off by Trey Lance's lack of experience and he falls to pick number twelve? No. Do the Eagles take him, or do they pass and or trade back? First of all, I don't think he's falling. I think a team will like him and will go up and get him. Second of all, no, there isn't this idea like that there's like a value quarterback you draft. Like that doesn't that's not a real thing to me. Like it's not like, oh, this oh, this guy happened to be at our pick. We'll just take him. Like I don't think that's how the <laughs> Eagles think about quarterbacks. Right. Like, they're locked in a guy. They they wouldn't have they're not taking quarterback. Like they wouldn't move back from twelve 
or from six to twelve to take a quarterback. Like if because if they liked a the guy, there would have been a chance they would have fallen to six and they would have taken him there. Like I, I just don't. This doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm with you there. I mean, if it were me, I'd take him. <laughs> but I like him. Like I, uh, I think I'd probably like him more than the Eagles do because uh, like I would take him at six. So if, if I would take him at six, I would take him at twelve. Uh, but that's just me. So, but I'm with you in, in the sense that you know the Eagles wouldn't have moved back if you know they really liked him that much. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna trade out of a spot. Although it's you know one one example that like I think it's uh, I think Bo Wolf loves the, this example is that uh, the Ravens took Hayden Hurst like in the mid 20s, I believe. Before uh, the sa- Lamar. The same year they took Lamar Jackson. They took Lamar Jackson at 32. So, like, I don't know. So this this is similar in some ways in that, like, okay, they didn't want to take him in the mid-20s, but they do want to take him at 32. So it's kind of like the same thing. Like, but that's want- dumb. It's a dumb decision. <laughs> I agree. It like, a, to- yeah. It's totally dumb. I agree. But, like, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that they take a quarterback at 12, but certainly that is a very low probability. I'd put that somewhere around, like, 1%. I would do it, but I'm with you that I don't think the Eagles would. All right, yeah. next question. We already did this, but I'll ask the question anyway because uh, he's a he's a loyal reader and listener from at Irish Eagles. Uh, yes. You're going for the Rock, Paper, Scissors World Championship. Are you playing Rock, Paper, or Scissors, which you already answered. You would play Paper. I got in your head. I knew you were going to throw Paper, so I threw Scissors. Um, Cheated. Actually, you want, you want a rematch? Let's go again. Sure. All right. All right. I'll, I'll do it. Rock, right, right. Yeah, you you say it. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, I got you. I did rock. <laughs> I, Jimmy did scissors again. <laughs> I got him. And this was fair this time because we did it legitimately it was, at the same it was time. Fair the first time. All right, let's let's go again. Nah. Let's, let's let's break the tie. All right, best two out of three. Yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot, shoot. Beat him again. Two out of three. I'm the champ. Here we go. Eagles are going to draft me because I'm really competitive. Too high, to, I flew too close to the sun on the of scissors. All right, uh, question from Andrew Stevens. Speaking of what rocket. terrible podcasting, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> just, like no one can see it. We're just it's, it's terrible. We really need they to want get to know who going. won. It's okay. All right, All right. Uh, sorry, Andrew Stevens. Philly media. This is on the rock paper scissors uh, front. Philly media was quick to come to the defense of Sirianni for the rock paper for the rock paper scissors comment, saying uh, you know it's a different way to engage players. My challenge was that Sirianni was uh, saying that they use it to judge the competitiveness of a potential draftee. What are your thoughts? So I do have thoughts on this. I think what they're getting at is re- like legitimately important. I think what the Eagles are trying to gauge matters a lot. Like I, I totally get that. Is playing rock, paper, scissors necessarily the best way to do that? I don't know. I can't say that. I'm not a psychologist. I think maybe not. Maybe it is. I I don't have context for whether that's the best method. I think that's what you can question fairly, but I don't think you can question what the Eagles are trying to accomplish with that goal. Like they are, their mind, their head is in the right place. Like they want to measure. Like, does this guy want to win? Does this guy hate losing? You know, like a Devontae right. Smith, because they've drafted too many players. They've acquired too many players. Not even just drafted. Acquired too many players <laughs> with <laughs> with like big loser energy or guys who just kind of seem to like only care about the stats or them as opposed to like just flat out winning. And now look, I want to be clear. Like you have to have talented players. You can't just draft like a bunch of tryhards, but like 
you got to marry those things together. Like you have guys who like legitimately want to win and your whole roster doesn't have to be that. Maybe there's some players on here who, you know, like are more mercenary types. That's fun. But like you need a core of those players. And I think what they're trying to gauge is fair. What about you? So I think uh, a little bit was made too much of the whole thing. <laughs> like, it's not like uh, Nick Sirianni walked into the interview and they were like, um, so what's your plan? And Nick Sirianni was like, Jeffrey, three words, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, baby. <laughs> so like, like that's obviously that didn't happen. And then, you know, it's not like uh, when they fill out their, their uh, scouting report on each of these players, like the, the first question is, uh, what did they throw? <laughs> like, you know, like they, were they competitive playing rock, paper, scissors, but I'm with you. Like, I think just the idea that they want to see, the, the the I think what they were what he Nick all of Nick Sirianni was trying to convey by giving that harmless anecdote in my opinion was that they're looking for guys that are competitive and everything that you just said so I won't repeat all that but I think their their heart and their minds are in the right place in terms of finding those types of players. Yep. All right. Uh, one more question and then we will go to break and we'll finish off the rest of the mailbag and I will also uh, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned this at the top, but I'll give Brandon some draft, uh, some trade scenarios with uh, current Eagles players. But anyway, last question before the break. This is from at Howard Willard. I already answered this question in a previous mailbag, but I'm curious to see who you'll come up with. Uh, but who is the guy on the current roster who plays the longest with the Eagles? Hmm. That's a really good question. I like this question. Man, that's sad because I have like no idea. I, I don't even think <laughs> it's gonna... hard. Like it's it's hard to answer on the spot too, uh, because like I went, you know, I had the luxury of going through the going through the roster in its entirety, and being able to, to factor in their age, the length mm-hmm. of their contract, uh, yeah. their injury history, all that kind of stuff, and I narrowed it down to like three guys, and I came up with a definitive answer. And are we talking? Like, are we including Rick Lovato? Yes, because that's kind of a well, that's kind of boring and kind of a cop out. Because it's probably him, and honestly, he's so the that's, best that's, chance. That's who can, I landed on. But okay, but so like after let's take him, that out after him, yeah, because yeah. that's that's like cheap. Um, but it's kind of funny because you can't really say any of the other specialists, you know, for sure. Like in like in right. normal time, you might be able to like if Jake Elliott. I still had him top five, Jake Elliott. Okay. But uh, yeah, but he could also be gone after this of year, course, conceivably. Yeah. Sure, like, any, like, like just like anybody. Just like yeah. almost anyone on the roster. I'm going to say uh, – no, I almost said Andre Dillard. Nope. <laughs> That's not who I meant to say. I'm going to say Jordan Mailata um, just okay. because I think – like because the, the avenue is there. He's young. He is upside. Like the Eagles could sign him to a long-term contract extension after this season. Let's say if he gets the job and he plays well. Or even if he doesn't, like he could be reasonably be like a swing tackle for this team that they could keep around and affordable for a while. Um, so – I think I feel best about him. So my thinking that he could be a casualty is that if he plays well again this year or well enough, he's going to make bank in free agency because tackles make bank in free agency. Like Kalapulu Vatibaitai made $10 million a year with the Lions, and he already might not be a starter, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But you lose those guys if they're not going to be long-term answers on your team. So if he plays well and they resign him, then yeah, he's like at the top of the list. Uh, if he doesn't play well, then I don't know. Like like you said, maybe he becomes your swing tackle. You sign him for something less. Uh, the answer I came up with 
at the time was Isaac Sayomalo, who mm. is still uh, reasonably young, uh, just restructured his contract. He's under contract for a while. I forget exactly for how long. And he's a reasonably good player. Like, he's a definite starter. So he'd be the guy. And po- possibly the heir apparent at center to Jason Kelsey. He's got versatility. He can play a number of different places. So uh, that would be my answer. Yeah. I I mean, Jalen Hurts could be the guy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if he turns out to be good. I mean, obviously, he could be around here a lo- very long time. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. And also, it's a really good question. Like, I think that's it's a strong question and also a depressing question. It's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard – It's hard. like, I mean, the the top five guys that I came up with, I don't remember who they were off the top of my head, but, like, it was like a not – it was like a not very compelling list of – like, Dallas Goddard was in there too. It was a good player, but uh, it was a very not compelling list of, of guys. All right, Jimmy, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors? Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, 856-906-9295, 9295. Back here on BGN Radio for a final segment. Jimmy, let's close it out. All right. Uh, question from Jay Govea 20. At Jay Govea 20, excuse me. Uh, what was the evaluation scouting, or excuse me, was the evaluation slash scouting of Andre Dillard just wrong? I get he didn't play great at right tackle and missed last off season or last last season. Uh, but it's another first-round pick wasted, not to mention they traded up to get him. So basically saying, but did, they, did they just mess up the evaluation and scouting of him? I think they just didn't have all the information, really. I think uh, a big problem, too, was just the character. And this is why I think it's so important that they're focusing, or at least trying to focus on competitiveness and all of that right now. I think mm-hmm. they totally... they. Like we we know the story. Like they were doing their homework on him last minute. They didn't have the full picture of him. Uh, they clearly caught wind that he was going to fall further than expected. And I think when that happens, I think fans can sometimes be inclined to say, "Oh wow, what a steal!" Like, but I don't think they think, "Why is this guy falling further than expected?" Right. There's a reason behind it. And you're not always the smartest team by then taking that guy. So it just doesn't seem to me like they fully did do their homework on him. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Stoutland famously, or maybe infamously, did a Skype chat with him. I don't remember if it was the day of the draft or the day, day before of. the day of, of of the draft. And uh, I, the story was he told his family, like, uh, I just need 20 minutes thir- or half hour, whatever it was. I just got to set a little time aside to talk to this guy, and then I'm yours for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, And that's what he did. Like, on, on the, It's the last thing he did prior to the draft. And, um, yeah, obviously they didn't, they, they didn't catch – um, you know, some possible personality flaws. I don't know if that's the, a fair thing to say, but they, I mean, certainly they, I think the, the question or the answer to the, to Jay's question is, yeah, I think they got that evaluation uh, slash scouting of Dillard wrong. All right. Next question. A uh, question from Lindor for Prez. Uh, what, is, what position group is going to be absolutely ruined by the injury bug this season? And he gives the examples of uh, defensive backs in 2019 and the offensive line in 2020. 
I mean, it could be O line again this year, right? They're, they're old, old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and they're coming off injury, and and not just one, but like multiple. You know, Brandon Brooks, uh, Lane Johnson, the same injury he's had been like dealing with for a long time now. Jason Kelsey plays through a bunch of wear and tear mm-hmm. every year. Now he's an Iron Man; he'll probably play through it. But mm-hmm. what if you know it finally kind of catches up to him and he can't? Um, yeah. So that's the obvious answer to me. Defensive tackle, sort of one that is banged up every year too. And I think that's yeah. another possibility because Fletcher Cox continues to age. Hassan Ridgeway gets hurt every year. Um, Javon Hargrave was hurt leading up to the season last year. So, uh, I mean, and then they don't have anyone thereafter. So I think like when you leave yourself barren and you don't like, you don't have anything behind those guys, they don't have good depth there anymore. So when you don't have that good depth, I think it's exposed more. Like you notice it more when you lose a starter or two, obviously. So I think that's a, a, a candidate as well. So we'll, and defensive end too, by the way. Like you have Brandon Graham who's aging. You have Derek Barnett who's injury prone, and you have Josh Sweat who injury prone probably isn't the right word, but there are certainly durability concerns Concern. with him there. Yeah. So that's another spot. And then again. It's those three guys, and then there's nothing after them. So if if you do miss a guy there, it looks a lot worse than it would be if you had some depth. So I think uh, basically the short answer is the trenches uh, are the uh, would be the concern areas there. All right, question from Commando Mikey. Uh, which is more likely, that Wentz was displaying disturbing traits behind the scenes, so the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts as an escape plan, or that the Eagles drafted Hurts to be a cheap backup slash Taysom Hill type role player. I think the, I mean, more than one thing can be true. Yes. So I don't know about more likely, but if, which was more of the the impetus, I think it's kind of fair to rephrase that question. Um, I think the main impetus was that they like, thought this was like a genius thing and kind of just outsmarted themselves and felt like they had to have this guy and it was so smart to do. Um, I, I think, I don't think they had any inkling that Wentz was going to fall off like he did. I mm-hmm. think they, I think they, I'm not going to say they don't, it was like they, they were aware of potential red flags, whatever, but I don't think that was the main impetus behind the pick. What about you? Yeah. So, I mean, it was actually reported in the athletic article that they drafted Hurts because they thought they, they wanted a competent backup and he was there in the second round. And they took him <laughs> like, it, and they don't love him. It like, they clearly don't. Right. They clearly aren't like just ready to give him the job this year. So it can't be just like, well, they really wanted to pivot away from Wentz. Like that's not true. Right. By the way, how he said specifically in that presser, we're not aiming to draft backups. So he, I think, purposely said that because of that entry in that article um that's just kind of a side note but uh but uh yeah i I do believe that 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 was more of the impetus that they wanted to draft a cheap backup and as you said i think this sort of fits under that umbrella like they just outsmarted themselves they should they should have just taken jeremy chin for example who would have been their other highest trade player on the board at that time did it in the first round too and by the way i just saw the vikings tweet out the video like the Vikings official uh, Twitter account tweeted out the video of them getting Justin Jefferson, Ooh. like where they just did this 49 <laughs> minutes ago as I'm looking at this, where like it's basically just dunking all over the yeah, Eagles. They're cheering like, when, they, when the Eagles they're passed like, on. I'm like, what? Yeah, they their faces right are shocked. They're like, and they're like, it wasn't even like, run you know, it up to the, run, it, run the card up. 
So Justin Jefferson in an interview this week too actually said he was on the phone with the Vikings when the Eagles were still on the clock, I think, because like <laughs> I guess they caught wind, you know, Rager was going to be in. Yeah. So it was like the Vikings already I was like, "All right, the Vikings are they hot they literally like the first second they could. They weren't like, "Hey, let's listen to trade offers. Let's take some time to look at our board." They're like, "No, get him now." Like like it was such a no-brainer. And like it just makes me so mad. And that was a good interview, by the way, that uh uh, Tyler Tynes did for GQ with uh, Justin Jefferson. Did you see that at all, I did Jimmy? Not, did, no. So Justin Jefferson said he was quote like definitely, definitely, definitely happy he ended up in uh, Minnesota instead of Philly. Which hmm. you know, of course, he should okay. be. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it was the Eagles were a disaster last at year. At the but... time, he was, or he is now. Now, okay. Um, well, that makes sense. At the time, I mean, the Eagles were like, I mean, they'd still. I mean, you could still make an argument there. I mean, we we all kind of had the expectations that there are potential Super Bowl contenders last year heading into the season. They're coming off like, you know, as Howie Roseman and the whole organization likes to say, you know, they're whatever record they had over the last three years. And they're, you know, they won the NFC East and, you know, they're only two years removed from the mm-hmm. Super Bowl or whatever. Uh, so that'd be a surprising quote, like, if he made that at the time he got drafted. But I can certainly uh, agree with him now. He also said, like, it's definitely going to be edgier when he plays the Eagles. He clearly has a chip on his shoulder about that, about, like, not being taken by them. Um, I, the Eagles play the Vikings not this season unless they somehow meet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will play – the Eagles will host the Vikings in 2022 at the link. And uh, I'm sure Justin Jefferson is really going to want to go off that day. So <laughs> that'll be fun. And it's funny because the last question that I have here uh, from – Oh, great. <laughs> it's actually perfect timing. Uh, David Bodine, it's B-O-D-I-N-E. I don't know if it's Bodine or Bodine. I knew a couple Bodines at, uh, at my college days at Rowan. Uh, mm. They were like a couple of 300-pound dudes, and they would like fight, literally like fist fight, and they would like throw each other through walls and stuff. It was like, and I <laughs> witnessed one of them, and it was like one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. Are they related? <laughs> yeah, they're brothers. Okay. Yeah, Rich and uh, Andy Bodine would, Shout they, out. they would hammer each other. Uh, anyway, uh, please, please don't like do that to us if you're listening to this. <laughs> yes. Thank you. If the Eagles drafted Justin Jefferson last year at 21, are we even talking about a wide receiver at 12 this year? No. You don't think so? I think they are because they still only have one. No. Yeah. Not. I mean, not as big. I mean, are we talking about it? Not as at much. All? Sure, but like, yeah, not as much. Not as dire. Um, there's no position. You know that right now the Eagles like you know basically shouldn't be drafting other than you know like tight end I would I would say unless you know there's an argument for Pitts but um, like the roster has holes all over I, I don't think I mean the Jefferson thing bothers me when people are like oh he wouldn't like would he even be good in Philadelphia last year what are you talking yeah, he about <laughs> he broke <laughs> he would, the NFL record for rookie receiving yards <laughs> of course he would be good right would he do that same thing probably no. not. Because Carson Wentz was bad. But, like, would he look better than Jalen Rager? Uh, yeah, he would. Because he's a better player. And this isn't hindsight. Like, I went back and looked at the article I wrote, which made me so mad. Like, look, I don't, like, I'm not going to say I'm some expert here, Jimmy. But, like, I just feel like it didn't take an expert to know to draft Justin Jefferson. He literally checked every box you could want in terms of, like, age, athleticism, production, National championship, like personality, every it's like Devonte Smith. That's why that's why I'm so set on Devonte Smith this year. Like it's just like it's it's the same. It's not the exact same thing because there's concerns about you know Smith's you know size and athleticism. Like he does, he's not checking the boxes in the exact same way. But like 
there's an essence that is similar to Smith's profile to me where you just like, you can just bet on this guy being a good pro and you don't need to overthink it. And everyone can see this. So just do the obvious thing that is right in front of you. Don't like talk yourself out of him. Don't do that. Cause they did that with Jefferson and it was a huge mistake and you could see it. Everyone could see it from coming from a mile away. And I would just hope they kind of learn their lesson from that. 88 catches, 1400 yards, 15.9 yards per reception. Just watch him play seven touchdowns. But beyond that, like let's say for the Eagles, his first year, let's say, just for the sake of argument, let's say is 60 catches, 900 yards, five touchdowns. <laughs> You're still pretty thrilled with that, right? Just watch him play. Yes. But <laughs> those like, are basically just watch like, him. by the way, those are basically like Deshaun Jackson's numbers, roughly uh, his rookie year in Philly. When everyone was thrilled w- with him. Watch him run a route. Just watch him because he gets <laughs> open. Like, and then watch yes. Jalen Rager. It's not the same thing. It's not like Jalen Rager's always running free and the quarterback just couldn't get the ball to him. No, that's, that's total BS. It's total BS. Justin Jefferson <laughs> was such an obvious bet to make. It's so dumb they didn't take him. This isn't like hindsight. This was said before the draft last year. Yeah. It's, so, it's so wild that they didn't. All right. So uh, we're done with the mailbag portion, but I have, I, we'll go through. Uh, I have six players, and uh, we'll do draft scenario or trade scenarios, and they're all just for draft picks. Uh, would you do Zach Ertz at this point? Yes. For <laughs> – <laughs> for a six um uh, yeah i mean I, I, like people i think there's become kind of like a, a thing that's like oh they should just keep them well like no they shouldn't just keep them no you can't what are they keep do? the angry vet around potentially like double digit rookies coming in well that also and just like you're still spending money on this guy yes. and for what? And then he's <laughs> yes. going to walk Yeah, you're not getting year. savings you're not on him get as well, yeah. Anything for him? Like, the, the, the savings in the cap. Like, and this isn't anti-Zach Hurts. I love Zach Hurts. But, like, it's just done here. And, yeah, so I would, I would pretty much take anything. You're not getting a comp pick for yeah. him next year because they're going to sign more guys than they lose. So, like, forget that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, his contract might void. But, anyway. Well, his contract is up next year. Okay. He has he yeah. has some dummy years on the back end of okay. it. That's all it is. All right. Um, all right. Andre Dillard for a five. Now keep in mind with him, <laughs> um, he he costs a little bit more to trade than to just yeah. keep. Small amount, like under uh-huh. a million. But um, he does cost a like you know he does you, like you wouldn't you wouldn't cut him obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah. So would you do would you trade him for a five? Sure. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> would you trade him for a six uh, I feel like I need a little bit more than a six yeah me too alright Derek Barnett keeping in mind that if you trade him of course as you know you clear a little bit over 10 million dollars um, who's paying for that no one's paying for that no one's trading for that <laughs> well the Eagles uh, apparently are uh, they, they would trade for that I mean they, they kept him at that number yeah but I don't think anyone else is like taking on Derek Barnett at that. They would have to, they'd have to like him enough to sign him to an extension. Okay, really, you're the GM. Somebody offers you a five. You uh-huh. doing it? Um, actually, no. Okay. I don't think that's. I think the the upside of Derek Barnett, if he finally realizes his potential this year, which I don't know, but the the chances of that to me are higher than a fifth round pick like turning into anything. But you get rid of his ten million though. I I know, but like I just. A fifth is not sure enough to me. I, I think I think you need at least like a three, really. I would do it. I'd trade him for the mm. five and get rid and of you that. You like Derek Burnett too. I mm. do, I do. But I would I would get rid of that ten million and 
I would, yeah, I would take the five. Avante Maddox. And by the way, a quick note, uh, Avante Maddox got what's called the quote-unquote proven performance escalator this offseason. So his cap number jumped from whatever it was, low number, probably under a million still, to uh, 2.3 million this year. Same thing happened with Razul Douglas last year, and they got Razul to take a pay cut uh, before he was eventually cut in training camp anyway. Uh, but Maddox is actually the 15th, he has the 15th highest cap number on the team right now. So like he's actually getting paid a decent amount. Would you trade him, Brandon, for a six? No. I think he's worth more than that. And I think Avante is, I think Avante is good. I know he's struggled, but I've seen enough from him in the past where like there's something there to him to me. And I've, I want to see how he does in, you know, this new defense. I think, you know, Jonathan Gannon has a history of kind of making uh, or, or taking corners and getting the most out of them. And I don't want to, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Okay, that's fair. I wouldn't do that either. John Hightower for a seven. Um, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't feel strongly about that. I I think Hightower uh, has some ability, like in theory, but I don't know if it's just really going to pan out. There were some concerning things, I feel like, last just starting from his first NFL catch last year, where like it was against Washington week one. He like caught the ball and he just like dove on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then like, then he obviously like clearly got in like the doghouse like later in the season. Like, I don't know. There's just some kind of like it's nothing i've heard but just looking at it from like from afar like it seems like there might be like some effort or some you know some kind of concerns there and uh and he's an older prospect too it's not like he's like super young guy mm-hmm. he's going to be like what 25 something like that so yeah. i mean the 7th isn't really anything so yeah, like yeah he's older than barnett oh yeah definitely um so i don't know i just i kind of don't care so like the way that i look at it is if you draft a receiver as we all expect them to, you have that guy, and then you have Rager, Fulgham, Ward, and Watkins at a minimum, who are ahead of him in the pecking order, and then maybe even also JJ. <laughs> like, who would you have higher, by the way, JJ or Hightower, in terms of hmm. likelihood to make the team? Man, <laughs> what a what a question. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Hightower in part because he has more years left on his rookie deal, more team control. I would say JJ because mm-hmm. I can't see how he given up on a second round pick uh, that quickly, at least in favor of a guy like Hightower. All right. Um, Is that it? No, there was one other thing I wanted to add about Hightower, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, it probably wasn't that. Probably wasn't that good. <laughs> Matt right. Pryor and a seven <laughs> for a six. Uh, sure. <laughs> But you wouldn't even get that. You think? I know you're going to bring up the Matt Tobin thing, but I think that's the exception and not the norm. I think that's like well, they've traded like, other I'm, linemen too in the past and gotten more than you would ever expect. I feel like those didn't work out though for those yeah, teams, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of become like, no, we're not doing that anymore. I mean, there are so many teams that are like, that are like desperate for a line help though, so yeah. I wouldn't totally dismiss that. Okay. Because I don't think he's going to make the team here. Because they have a, they actually have a decent amount of depth on their O line, and they'll probably draft another one or two in this in this draft too. So I don't think he's like he's definitely on the bubble at a minimum. So anyway, that's all I got for this draft part or trade right. part. So again, kind of want to set the table here. Next week, 
uh, well, actually tomorrow, Jimmy, uh, Saturday, April 24th, uh, 11 o'clock AM. If you're listening to this before then, Seamus Clancy and I doing a locker room chat on the, the locker room app available on iOS only for now. Uh, follow me on there at Brandon Gowton or search my name, Brandon Gowton, and you can actually go on the app and give me a follow on there so you can get a notification when we go live. We'll be talking about the Eagles probably like for an hour or so. So check that out. If you're not able to attend, uh, we will post that podcast on the BGN radio feed later on. Although I would encourage you to join live because it's fun, whether you want to you know talk with us or just hang out in the chat. Um, so check that out. Then on Monday night, Jimmy Kemsky and I will be doing our seven round mock drafts. I think we'll have Dan Klausner on special guest to help talk through day three. Cause I know he really wants to do that. Um, he's probably like a day three expert too. Dan is texting me all these names all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> this could be someone made up and I wouldn't know because <laughs> right. like, it's like a really deep pool. Um, so we'll have that probably publishing on Tuesday morning. And then obviously the accompanying written post for those on bleeding your nation, phillyvoice.com. So those will be our final mock drafts. Uh, we will have the SB Nation NFL show, which I always promote, which you can check out next week. A lot of coverage there and a live draft show. Also coming out next week, the second episode, Jimmy, of the NFC Eats mixtape featuring me and RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Mm -hmm. Seems like a lot of people had fun with that, which is cool. Talking about uh, your favorite division, Jimmy, and ours. That's right. The NFC East. Blogging the Beast. Check that out. Uh, A lot of good stuff coming your way. Check out Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. RightToSellin.com. Discount code BGN15, wildnaturepet.com for dog treats. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. And is that it, Jimmy? Do we cover all the bases? Yeah, which is one other final thing, too. I'm going to be at the oh man, was Bramblewood Country Club in mm. Whoa. Mount Laurel. Jaws's. Uh, Jaws is affiliated in some way. I don't know if he owns it. I don't remember. I don't know exactly. <laughs> He's going to be there. They're having some kind of like... Uh, live draft show there. It's him. It's Jeremiah Trotter, uh, Vince Papali, Dick Vermeil. I think some other wow. people. I'm going to be there too. So the who's if, who? What's that? The who's who? That's right. So uh, that begins at six on the day of the draft, Thursday. So if you want to pop on in, they, it's a restaurant as well. So grab some food, a couple beers. I'll be there from like six. And I probably have to skedaddle out of there probably around like 7.45-ish to get home in time for the draft. It's not far from my house here. So uh, come out and see me if you're in the area. And also, I'll give you a a Kristen Roach autographed business card. (laughs) Don't miss out on that offer. All right. He's Jimmy Kempsey. You can follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Kempsey. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Check out bleedingyournation.com. Check out phillyvoice.com. Subscribe, rate, review, download, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. We'll read the reviews. Give us some good ones. And we will be talking to you very soon. Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N.